Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Episode 176 of Rams Up. What do I have for you today? I have another mock draft, and this one is kind of special. I tried to take this very seriously. I tried to channel less need. What would less do to replenish this roster, especially on the defensive side of the ball? And in hindsight, I have one pick I already regret from this draft, and that probably happens with the GMs across the league. They make picks that maybe they wake up in the morning and think to themselves, maybe I screwed that up and I already feel that way about one of these picks. So that draft is coming up here in a second, followed by my updated Rams roster. What will it look like after injecting these 11 players into the equation? I also have another LA roundabout segment checking in on the Dodgers, Angels, Kings, Ducks, even the Chargers, and a little bit about the USC Trojans. Before we get rolling here, I wanted to bring to your attention a little snippet from a podcast, Theo Vaughn's podcast. He had George Kittle on as a guest, and one of the questions was, hey, George, what's the one team that you find really challenging, the toughest team that you face in the NFL? And Kittle did not hesitate. It was the Los Angeles Rams He went on a little rant about our Los Angeles Rams, a lot of it about Aaron Donald. By the way, I found this on the Los Angeles Rams subreddit. Check it out. Lots of good stuff. I've been trying to get a little active on there, and it's a great forum for healthy discussions about the Rams. Well, mostly healthy. We also have our top 50 all-time Rams countdown on the YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out. We're into the 20s now getting pretty exciting. Who's going to be number one? Only I know. And how about the San Diego State Aztecs? Lamont Butler making the buzzer beater to put the Aztecs into the final. I was dining al fresco in North County. Boy, that sounds hoity-toity, doesn't it? And that whole area went crazy when he made that shot. And you know, I'm not a big Aztecs fan, more of a Bruins guy, but I'm pulling for this team. And if you missed it, this is a team that lost to Arkansas in the Maui Invitational. They were winning by four in the waning seconds, and one of their players committed what looked like an intentional foul, made no sense, put Arkansas on the line. They made the two shots, and then the Aztecs inbounded, and the same dude gets tied up, had a timeout in his pocket, and it looked like he could have dribbled out of it. But he gives up possession on the tie-up, and Arkansas scores on a putback as time runs out, and they go on to win in overtime. The Aztecs, what a painful loss. You know who that was that committed that foul and the turnover? It was Lamont Butler. And when I was watching that game, I'm thinking, what a knucklehead. I'm thinking this guy's never going to get over this. He's never going to live this down. I think he's over it now. Before we get into our mock draft and our new Rams roster that we're going to roll with in 2023, I have another set of my fearsome four questions for you. 
Fearsome for question number one. What position, aside from special teams, are the Rams least likely to draft? You know, this is really difficult. I think they're going to draft a player for every position group. I really do, except for special teams. I could be wrong, but I don't see them skipping any position group unless they trade up and reduce the number of picks. But I would have to say defensive line. And the reason I say that is they got Aaron Donald and a group of young guys. That's the one position they may try to bolster through free agency still, bring in a veteran to help them out. That may be the least likely position, but I wouldn't bet a dollar on that. Fearsome question number two of the Rams remaining free agents. Who is most likely to come back to the Rams? Who do we got still out there? Troy Hill, Leonard Floyd, Ashawn Robinson, Oday Abushi, Ty Naseki, Grant Haley, Trevin Howard. I think he's still out there. I guess we should include OBJ. Another tough question. And I think Ashawn Robinson and Leonard Floyd are both going to get paid by someone else. Grant Haley or Troy Hill could come back if the Rams don't get the cornerbacks they hope to in the draft. Another tough question, but I'm going with one of those two offensive linemen, Naseki or Abushi, and I'm going to roll with Oday Abushi. That's it. Final answer, Oday Abushi. Fearsome question number three comes from James in Reseda. He sent this to me via email, and reminder, you can do that anytime you want. Shoot me an email for one of these questions. Give me three or four questions. I'm fine with that. James' question, what's with all these one-year contracts Rams are signing as they go out the door? That includes Greg Gaines, Bobby Wagner, David Long, Taylor Rapp, David Edwards, Baker Mayfield. In most of these cases, these are just one-year prove-it deals. That applies to Mayfield, Rapp, Edwards, and Long. These are guys that really haven't played that well or certainly haven't had stellar careers. And these teams aren't willing to commit multi-year contracts to these guys. Bobby Wagner, he's just a veteran coming back for one year and he'll probably retire after that, close out his career as a Seattle Seahawk. The exception is Greg Gaines. And I think Greg Gaines might be just on sabbatical. The Rams can't pay him this year but they'll be in a position to pay him next year. Maybe he's coming back to the Rams in 2024. I could really see that. Greg Gaines, a Ram again in 2024. Here's some question four. Comes via voicemail, and here it is. Hey, Mark. Just wanted to get your take on something. I see the Rams' win total is 7.5. I'm personally taking out a second mortgage to bet this thing. Wanted to know how much you were planning to bet on it. Love to hear your take. You know, last year, the over-under on the Seattle Seahawks was five and a half, and I was all over that on the over. Still patting myself on the back about that. My arm's getting sore. There's no way the Seahawks are winning five or less games, and I was dead right. And kind of the same thing this year with the Rams. Seven and a half wins, I think, is too low. I agree. Take the over. Now, second mortgage, not willing to do that, but I do feel pretty strongly about it. Take the over. Rams are going to win 9-10 games and be relevant in December, and we'll have a good shot at a playoff spot down the stretch. That's it with my first and four questions. We will be back in a minute with our 
mock draft and the Rams new 53 plus man roster. All right, I ran my 19th mock draft the other day, shared it on the YouTube channel. You can follow along as I make those picks if you care to look. So I'm going to share these picks with you, and then I'm going to follow that up with an updated Rams roster, where these guys fit in, how much did this draft help the Rams, hopefully make everybody feel a little bit better, especially about our defense. Not so much worried about our offense, but our defense, yeah, it needs some help badly. Before I get into that, I like to review mock drafts from across the internet. This time I'm going to jump into Ryan Wilson's mock draft. He's a CBS sports guy. He ran a three-round mock draft. And I have to tell you, really disappointed with the quality of this draft. I'm sure Ryan knows what he's doing. You know, some of my drafts have probably been pretty bad as well. But this one I did not get. He had the Rams trading away third-round pick, and probably some others, I'm not even sure, traded up to that 18th pick that the Lions own and drafted the quarterback, Will Levis. Now, I don't know if that makes sense to me. Is it time for the Rams to draft a quarterback, a replacement for Matthew Stafford? That's not how I see it. I would not expect them to do that. I'd expect them to look for a solid backup that has a shot of maybe developing into a starter, but Their focus has to be defense early in this draft. They're not going to surrender a pick and then draft a quarterback. If they're going to surrender a pick, they're moving up to draft a stellar defensive player. That's how I see it. And then with the 69th pick, the defensive lineman Cancy out of Pittsburgh is still there. And hey, I love that pick, but I don't think he's going to be there. This guy's probably going in the first round. He looks like he's going to be an impact NFL player along that defensive line. Aaron Donald's alma mater and a lot of similarities. If the Rams get him at 69, I'll be thrilled. But still, no cornerbacks, no edge rushers. They come out of the first three rounds with a defensive lineman and a quarterback. Just don't get it. Well, let's move on to my draft. And I'm starting to fall into a pattern here, but I think it's a good pattern. It's a sensible pattern. It just makes sense to me with the 36th pick, the Rams draft Will McDonald out of Iowa State. Now, I've had people comment to me that he's not going to be there, but I don't know. There are so many good edge rushers. Maybe people are confusing him with the other Will that's going to go a top 10 probably, but Will McDonald, I think he might be there at 36, and the Rams draft him, and... At 69 and 77, they go cornerback twice. Julius Brents out of Kansas State, a big, talented cornerback, and DJ Turner out of Michigan. At 167, they draft defensive lineman Kobe Turner out of Wake Forest. You know, I kind of rushed that pick. Not sure if I'm, <laughs> I really feel good about it at this point. But they added defensive lineman, a guy that has the potential to be a rotational player, and that 171, they draft Payne Durham, the tight end out of Purdue, the heir apparent to Tyler Higby. In my opinion, I know a lot of you like Bryson Hopkins, but Durham is a talented pass-catching tight end, and he comes in to hopefully take over as the Rams' starting tight end within a year or so. 
At 177, I was surprised to see the quarterback out of Fresno State. Jake Hayner is still there. He really played well in the Senior Bowl, as did Payne Durham. And he's a guy that I think will be the Rams' backup quarterback, and I'd be really happy to have him in the fold. Might not be the quarterback of the future, but possibly could. At 182, we take Ricky Stromberg, the interior offensive lineman out of Arkansas, And hey, as we found out last year, you can never have enough offensive linemen. I don't think we're in as much pain as a lot of other people think along the offensive line. Just need to stay healthy and just need Joseph Noteboom or Alaric Jackson, one of those guys, to step up and play really well. But Stromberg gives us some insurance along that offensive line. And if you draft Stromberg, I think you got nine guys Nine guys that could potentially be solid NFL offensive linemen. At 189, Chris Rodriguez Jr., the running back out of Kentucky. I was hoping to find a more dynamic running back. I love the guy. Is he out of Pittsburgh? But he went before I could grab him. And this was my lowest grade of the draft. I got a C-plus for this Rodriguez pick. But Rams get a short yardage running back. They can always use that. And at 191, a safety, Rashad Torrance, the second He's more of a depth guy, special teams player. And at 223, Mr. Dennis out of Pittsburgh, a linebacker to back up Ernest Jones. I really like the tape on this guy. Haven't heard much buzz about him at all, but Rams are a little bit thin there. And I'm calling him Mr. Dennis because I butcher his first name every time. Let me try it again, just for entertainment purposes. Servasia Dennis. And at 251, we finally go wide receiver, and we get a big guy, Elijah Higgins, out of Stanford, 6'3", 235. A lot of scouts see him as a potential pass-catching tight end. Would they go tight end, Durham, and then a big wide receiver like Higgins? Maybe not, but we got guys this size on our rivals in the NFC West. Seattle with DK Metcalf. San Francisco with Debo Samuel. Let's bring in a big, tough wide receiver, a route running guy that will make the tough catches over the middle. So those were my picks in this draft. If Les Need came away with these 11 guys, how much did it improve our defense? Well, the first four picks were defense. Edge, two cornerbacks, and a defensive lineman. If I had to do it over again, I might have went linebacker instead of defensive line. Then I got the quarterback, interior offensive line, running back, and then late in the draft, a wide receiver, safety, and linebacker. So let's look at what this roster might look like after this draft, and you all tell me how much trouble we're in. I think we're in okay shape with a lot of position groups. Of course, we need some of these picks to come through for us, but hey, If I didn't like these players, if I didn't think they had a chance of doing that, I wouldn't have picked them, but they say that every year, don't they? But anyways, offensive line, the starters would be something like this. Joseph Noteboom, Alaric Jackson, Brian Allen, Coleman Shelton, and Rob Havenstein. And we got backups, A.J. Curry, Ricky Stromberg, Tremaine Ankrum, and Logan Bruss. Are there a bunch of all-pro players there? No. But I think there's a lot of potential. Shelton and Havenstein, I think, are solid. Alaric Jackson looked really promising. No boom. Got off to a slow start. That's the one that concerns me the most. And we got some good backups there. Logan Bress could end up being really good. Tremaine Ankrum, would he play two snaps before he got hurt? 
and then our Curry and Stromberg. Our quarterback situation, I think, has improved. Matthew Stafford's healthy. Jake Hayner is his backup, and Bryce Perkins, probably a practice squad player. Running backs, Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, Chris Rodriguez, and Ronnie Rivers. If Akers keeps his head on straight and the offensive line plays well, I think we're okay there. I'd love to add a really dynamic running back, but that's just going to have to wait till next year. Tight ends. I'm not including Higby here. He could end up being on this roster. Kind of a coin flip right now, but let's say no Higby. We have Payne Durham, Bryson Hopkins, and Hunter Long. Hopkins would probably start out as a starter, but Durham has a lot of potential. Hunter Long, hey, he's got the one catch for eight yards. It's all uphill from here. And the wide receiver group, I'm not sure we really improved it. Is Allen Robinson still part of this roster? For now, he is, I guess, right? So we got Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and Robinson or Tutu Atwell. And then we have Lance McCutcheon, Ben Skowronik, and the big rookie, Elijah Higgins, coming in. Big slot receiver. Be a nightmare for some cornerbacks. Or is he a pass-catching tight end? Remains to be seen. Kind of a replacement to Jacob Harris, I guess. How do I feel about the wide receiver unit? Well, as long as we have Cooper Cup, it's pretty darn good. Matthew Stafford just needs to do a better job of spreading the ball around, and McVay needs to find a way to get Tutu Atwell involved in this offense from the get-go. The defensive line, you know, it's taken a hit, taken a couple hits, actually. Greg Gaines and potentially Ashawn Robinson, both gone. Where does that leave us? The starters are probably Aaron Donald, Marquise Copeland, and Jonah Williams, I'm thinking. Bobby Brown would definitely get a lot of snaps. Laurel Murchison, he'll give Aaron Donald some breeders. He played really well. I think he was a steal picking him up. Kobe Turner, the new guy, the draft pick, a rotational guy, develop him for a year or so. And then, of course, there's Ernest Brown. And we may bring in a veteran here to help this group. He'd probably bump one or two of these guys off this roster. I don't think we're going to go with all six of these guys on this roster come September. But again, kind of like the wide receivers, as long as Aaron Donald's a part of this unit, it ain't too shabby. Now the edge, I would have preferred to draft two edge rushers. Who do we have here? We have the rookie Will McDonald, Michael Hoyt. I guess he's an outside linebacker edge rusher. Uh, Call him whatever you want. He's a football player. And then the two young guys, Daniel Hardy and Keir Thomas. I still think the Rams are going to add an edge rusher, a free agent that's still out there, a veteran guy to come in and help a little bit, help these young guys. This is a really young group, if this is what we roll with, obviously. The linebacker group, Ernest Jones, Christian Roseboom, Jake Hummel, Jake Gervas, and the rookie, Dennis. It's not a great unit, but we're counting on Ernest Jones to have a standout year And if he does, this unit will be okay. Dennis, I like him. Check him out. Maybe I'm overrating him. Maybe the Rams spend an earlier pick on linebacker rather than uh, drafting Kobe Turner where I had him. But not overly concerned about middle linebacker. Ernest Jones just needs to stay healthy. And we've really improved our cornerback group. I mean, Well, maybe not compared to last year. Jalen Ramsey is gone. Don't know what's going on with Troy Hill. Maybe he still comes back. So it looked like it was going to be Darion Kendrick, Kobe Durant, 
Robert Rochelle and Sean Jolly, but we add two really promising young corners, DJ Turner and Julius Brents. These two guys would really solidify this secondary. Brents has the potential to be a CB1, and Turner might have been the fastest guy on that Michigan squad. I may still be losing a little bit of sleep about our cornerback unit, but I feel a lot better about it, that's for sure. And then the safety group, I've seen people mocking safeties to the Rams real early. I don't see it that way. Jordan Fuller and Russ Yeast, probably the starters. Quentin Lake, the first man in after that. And then they add the rookie, Rashad Torrance. He's probably not starter quality. I, I don't even know if Torrance is the guy they'll pick. They'll pick a safety late in the draft. They'll identify someone they like. Just like they found Fuller, just like they found Nick Scott, they'll find a guy that they like late in the draft. Might not be Torrance, but it'll be a safety late, that's for sure. Going out on a limb here, but I feel pretty confident about that. Now, the one group I did not mention is special teams. I did not spend a draft pick on a kicker, punter, or long snapper, but undrafted rookies are going to be flocking to the Rams for these jobs. I know they've talked to B.T. Potter out of Clemson. Be nice to get him in if he doesn't get drafted. The punter, Brad Robbins out of Michigan. Maybe we can bring him in. And the long snapper, Alex Ward out of the University of Central Florida. I don't know. We'll just have to fill those spots as best we can. Maybe the Rams draft a kicker or a punter, but I doubt it at this point. Not after the Sam Sloman incident. We don't want to go there again. That was a very, very bad pick. And like I said... Free agents, I think we'll look for an outside linebacker edge rusher and potentially a defensive lineman to help these units out. And that's it. That's our roster. Now, how do I feel about it? Right now, I don't feel real good about our defense, but after this draft with the McDonald and the two cornerbacks, maybe I should have went linebacker earlier, like I said, and this unit would be significantly improved. They just have to hope Will McDonald, DJ Turner, and Julius Brents are the real deal. Remember the Seahawks drafted two cornerbacks last year? I think the Rams are going to do the same. They're going to have four young cornerbacks next year. Durant, Kendrick, Brents, and Turner, along with Sean Jolly. Maybe bring Troy Hill back. I'd be in favor of that. So that's my roster. That's over 53 players there that I've mentioned. So not all these guys are going to be here. I mentioned five inside linebackers. That's not going to happen unless they're special teams guys specifically. Guys like Gervas and Hummel. But there you have it. My Rams roster updated after the NFL draft. It's not all gloom and doom, folks. This Ram team's going to be pretty good, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Major League Baseball season getting underway and the hockey and basketball seasons winding down seemed like a good time to offer up another edition of our LA Roundabout. We'll check in on each of the LA teams. Let's start with the Lakers. LeBron comes back from that injury. This roster has been reshaped and it's a good roster. Playing much better defense now. Anthony Davis stepped up in LeBron's absence. And the Lakers look like they're a playoff team for sure at this point. Not guaranteed, but they're hanging on to that seventh spot. And that's changing on a daily basis. Could have changed by the time you hear this. 
Not much chance of getting into that top six, the so-called safe zone, where they wouldn't have to play a playing game. Right now, they'd play the Pelicans for the seventh seed. If, if they won that, they would be the seventh seed and would likely play Memphis in the first round. If they lost, they'd play the winner of the Minnesota OKC game for the right to be the eighth seed, and the winner of that would play the Nuggets. Now, again, all of this is changing on a daily basis. This is a snapshot as of Sunday morning, I believe. And did you see what the Nuggets did? They rested Jokic against the Pelicans, knowing that the Pelicans could bump the Lakers from the playoffs, potentially. The Nuggets do not want to play the Lakers They want to avoid them at all costs. The Lakers match up really good with that team. Can't blame the Nuggets for doing that, but it's got to hurt. So it really makes perfect sense for the Nuggets to do that, and I can't blame them at all. The Clippers seem safe, hanging on to that five seed. They would likely play the Phoenix Suns, but they could very easily slip to number six. It's that tight. And how about the Dodgers? Gavin Lux out for the season. The middle of that infield is Vargas and Rojas. If there's one thing I thought the Dodgers would have going for them this season is would outline the shift rejuvenate Max Muncy's career? I really thought it would. I really think it still could, but he's off to a slow start, one for 13. But he's one of those guys that could really benefit by outlying the shift. The Angels are the Angels. You know, every year you're hoping this team turns it around with Otani and Trout. You think they could be better than this. They add Hunter Renfro. That could be a big addition. They're hoping that Anthony Rendon is healthy and contributes like they expected him. Pitching could be an issue, but it's been a while since they've been relevant. Their last playoff appearance, 2014, They are swept in the first round by the Royals, our last winning season, 2015. And the other team out of Orange County, the Ducks, haven't been much better. Their last playoff appearance, 2018, a round one loss. And they are one of the worst teams in the league once again. The Los Angeles Kings, on the other hand, one of the better teams in the league suddenly. You know, they traded their longtime goalie, Jonathan Quick, and the new guy, I'll try to pronounce this. Junis Carpasalo is doing a heck of a job. The Kings are 25-9-4 at home this year, 6-2-2 over their last 10 games. And a lot of people are looking at them as a potential Stanley Cup final team. The Kings have finally got things rolling. Hey, and let's talk about the Chargers a little bit. They re-signed Morgan Fox and Cameron Dicker to X-Rams. They also, they also re-signed their tight end, Donald Parham. And they also added Eric Kendricks, the linebacker out of UCLA that has been with the Vikings since his rookie year. He is basically replacing Drew Tranquil, who they lost. Kendricks, an L.A. guy, went to high school in the Fresno area. And then, as I said, played his college ball at UCLA. That's a good addition. So that's my L.A. roundabout. Dodgers, things looking okay. Angels still struggling. Ducks, irrelevant, and the Kings coming on strong. Got to get behind these Kings for the stretch run and into the NHL playoffs. Hey, and let me throw in some good news regarding USC football. Five-star tight end prospect Deuce Robinson has picked the Trojans over Georgia and Texas. 
235 tight end played his high school ball in Phoenix. This is a big win for Lincoln Riley and USC football. I think USC and UCLA are becoming much more attractive to top football talent coming out of high school. You get the best of both worlds, right? You get a Big Ten schedule playing schools like Michigan and Ohio State, but you still get to live and play in SoCal. What could be better than that? That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamama.